Hello and welcome to Fell in Love with the Hound, the podcast for people who love greyhounds. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Fell in Love with the Hound. My name is Laura Jane and I'll be your host. Thank you so much for downloading this first episode of the podcast. I decided to start it because I wanted to spread the word on how fantastic greyhounds are and to give people a place to share their stories and experiences with these amazing dogs. My husband and I fell in love with our very first greyhound in April 2018. Her name is Dash and she is lying next to me as I'm speaking into this microphone and she is inspiration for this podcast. As with all greyhounds, she is beautiful and elegant and loving and also a bit weird and quirky. Everything that makes a greyhound so special, so I'm sure I'll mention her a few times over the course of the show. For my first interview, I'm talking to Claire Baker, who is a canine behaviourist who works closely with the Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary. Now, we actually adopted Dash from SGS, so it made sense that they were my first interview for the podcast. I really hope you enjoy the chat. I'm talking to Claire Baker, who is a canine behaviourist and works closely with the Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary. Claire, thank you for agreeing to talk to me today. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so you've agreed to come on and just have a chat about the work that Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary does. So could you maybe tell us a bit about how they actually started and when they started? So the Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary were formed in March of 2008. So we've just finished our 10th anniversary year. Uh, just there in March, that was it. Um, so we're now in our 11th year. And in that time, we've managed to rehome over a thousand pounds. Wow. Um, so it's it's quite an achievement, obviously. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of started as, you know, a group of people who wanted to do more um, with regards to helping the, the greyhounds specifically um, and lurchers as well, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of a group of people got together and kicked it off and then this is what it is now, you know. Fantastic. So I know that, the, and the reason I'd got in touch with you was because um, Dash, our greyhound, um, who we got a year ago, we got her through yourselves. Um, and obviously we've kind of chatted and you've helped us kind of settle her, her into our house as well. Um, and we came to you guys because you just seemed so professional. You seemed to care so much about the, the greyhounds that were in your care. Um, what I did find interesting about SGS was that you're kind of a network. You're not necessarily, um, you know, a head office somewhere or like a kennel somewhere. You seem to have this network of foster carers that kind of look after the hounds until they um, find a home. So how many kind of fosters do you have at the moment? Um, the we have maybe in about twenty fosters. Um, not all of them are actively fostering for us currently. Um, the kind of active number varies depending on the kind of time of year and and things like that. Um, obviously, if you're a fosterer, you're able to foster because you maybe have time now, but not able to provide that long term commitment. Yeah. to the dog that somebody who is adopting would be so you know some people only foster for us for maybe six months you know and then they're away back to university or you know work or something like that um 
it, it varies hugely. And yeah, absolutely. We've got people all over the country. We've got fosterers in Inverness, um, Aberdeen, Dundee, um, Edinburgh, Glasgow, mm-hmm. everywhere, you know? Yeah. Huge yeah, network. Yeah, because we're based we're based in the west of Scotland, and we travelled up, um, kind of Aberdeen way almost to to meet Dash and got her. So it's definitely kind of Scotland wide. But then we could see her in her home environment, and we could chat to the people who had been looking after her for those weeks and months, and they could give us a real insight into the kind of dog that she was. And obviously, we fell in love with her the minute we saw her. But it was really good to have that kind of information of how she was in the house, how she was on walks, that kind of thing. So it's such a, a good system of, of doing it um, so for anybody who's maybe thinking about adopting a greyhound from yourselves could you maybe talk about uh, the process that you would actually go through to from the kind of initial getting in touch with you to actually getting their, their greyhound yeah of course so it would all starts when somebody puts in an application form to us and that just comes uh, as an electronic form that you fill in on our website and that's just get sent in and then one of the team will pick it up and somebody will give you a call just to discuss things in a bit more detail and make sure that you really understand what kind of commitment you're making and understand the kind of traits that hounds come with and, um, you know, that you've, you've really thought about it because some people, they, they tend to enter into things in a bit of a whim um, and obviously that's not so good for like a long-term commitment. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, once that's all good, we'll put in uh, a request for a volunteer in your area to come out and give you a home check. So they'll come out to your house. Um, usually they'll bring their own dog with you, with them, uh, so you can meet them as well, and give you a home check. So they've got like a form to run through, which has uh, questions on it and things that you may have already covered in the phone call, but this will be much more in-depth. And they'll go over things and see how you interact with their dog and things like that, uh, just get a kind of general feel for you. So often the home checker is one of the only people um, who will meet that person other than the dog's fosterer because obviously our team is all over the place as well. So like our chairpersons in Aberdeen and mm-hmm. I'm in Glasgow and folk are all over the place. So often that home checker is really the, the kind of main the point of contact when it comes to meeting that person for the yeah. first time. Um, once that home check has been successfully completed, they'll then be matched up with a dog that we have currently in foster care. So sometimes that happens right away. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where the home check comes in and it's just perfect for this dog who's been waiting. But other times the home check will come in and there isn't a dog that's suitable for them right now so they might be waiting for a few months yeah and length of time that you can be waiting varies hugely depending on what your criteria is for the dog that you want and the dogs that we have in currently you know Mm -hmm. so if you're wanting something very specific like a small female you know who's not black who's this and that then you'll be waiting a lot longer than somebody who is more um, open to taking whatever dogs there. Whatever's you know? there, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sorry, just when you mentioned that, I had no idea um, that people didn't want black 
greyhounds. Our dash is black, and I think she's just one of the most beautiful dogs you've ever seen. Yeah. But I didn't realise yeah. why. Why do people not want black greyhounds? I don't understand. I'm, not sure. I'm honestly not sure. I mean, when you see the black go, the black dogs, and once they've been in a home for a while, and they've been on like good food, and their coats yes. get in really good condition, they're so so shiny. And, and so beautiful with the black ones. Um, uh-huh. uh-huh, no, definitely. I, I honestly don't know, but that's that's not it's not specific to greyhounds. It's a, quite a trend okay. over animal rescue that mm-hmm. black animals, cats, dogs, whatever, they don't get homes as quickly as, you know, white, fawn, brindle, whatever they are. Yeah. It's, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that, because it's maybe more interesting to have a brindle dog or, you know, yeah, a or something. Uh, I read somewhere that it was maybe to do with um, taking photographs to put on social media, that it was easier to photograph, you know, a light coloured dog than it was a, a dark coloured dog, which I just thought was maybe, crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. I've seen um, plenty of lovely photos of the black dogs, so. Oh, no, I, I just think that they're just absolutely gorgeous. But sorry, I kind of interrupted you there. So once no, you right. kind of once you've kind of um, matched someone up with a dog and they've went and met them, um, is it then just they get to go home with them and that's that? Or Yes, so um, once we once the team have found uh, what we feel is a suitable match, we'll put the details of the potential adopter to the dog's fosterer and then they can tell us, yes, that sounds great, or no, I'm not quite sure about you know, all the stairs that they live in a flat or something, you know, because they obviously know the dog a lot better than we do. Mm-hmm. And if that's all good, so they say, yeah, that's great, that sounds good, we'll put them in direct contact with the adopter, with, uh, yeah, the potential adopter. And they can kind of chat and just arrange things to suit themselves if they want to do me up, that's great. Um, again, they just arrange that between themselves to, you know, somebody goes to their house or they meet halfway depending on where everybody lives and yeah. traveling arrangements and things like that. Um, once they meet the dog, they are quite... Um, it's it, We always make a point of saying to people that there's no pressure to take the dog. Yes. So it needs to be right for everybody. And it's, you know, you've got to meet the dog and we want people to think about it and really you know, be sure that they're making the right choice, you know, because sometimes it can be easy to just let your heart run away with you. Yeah. And think, oh, they're so lovely and I'll just take him. And, and then, you know, having, when you engage the brain a bit more, you're thinking, I'm not sure if I could cope with, you know, the barking at other dogs or something or whatever. Yeah. There happens to be. Um, but if they meet the dog and they know immediately that's a dog for me, then they're absolutely welcome to adopt a dog there and then. Um, again, they're also absolutely welcome to go away and think about it and come back and say yes or no. And if it's a yes, that's great. If it's a no, then we'll go back to the drawing board and figure out something else. You know, yeah. there will always be another home for that dog and there will always be another ho- another dog for that home. Yes. If that's not the right match. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be right. 
No, absolutely. We had a really positive experience with our kind of home home visit. First of all, the women, you know, coming to check our house was lovely and kind of chatted over any concerns that we had. And then the actual foster family that Dash was with, again, it was just a fantastic experience. They were lovely, lovely girls who took the time to chat um, and made it clear that you know, they were asking if we were ready to take her away that day, but made it very clear that it was not a decision that we had to rush. If we wanted to go away and think about it, we could. But I think we all kind of knew that it was the right fit for us. Um, and so I think we all left feeling quite happy that it was the right decision. Um, but again, they just couldn't have been more helpful. They helped us fill out all the the paperwork that we needed to do because obviously there's you know paperwork to fill in as well so <clears throat> our experience was just fantastic we couldn't have asked for a better a better one and that's a credit to um your organization and your foster network as well it's 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 excellent it really is excellent um okay. so and that's not really good to hear that's, that's excellent well it's, it's it's one of these things i think it's important to get that feedback um and that's another thing in terms of aftercare. I know that you guys offer kind of a lot of support and aftercare if someone feels that they need it. So could you maybe talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, a lifetime commitment to any dog that comes into SGS care. And when that means that the dog requires um, ongoing medication that won't be covered by insurance, for example, that's a quite recent dog, it's had to come into us through health conditions and because he wouldn't be covered under the insurance for these medications um SGS has said that we will cover the costs that the adopted parents couldn't meet mm -hmm. um and that's just you know that's kind of a, a practical example of commitment to these dogs um more of a kind of behavior commitment would be dogs that require more of a like support from me mm. in a professional capacity you know and um, you said you're, yourself that Dash has had a little bit of an issues and, and I've been out to see you guys yep. Um, yep. and you're kind of one of just many that that, that has uh, been required and that's absolutely something that we're happy to do whether that's an annual visit from me or even one of the other team members who are near you because obviously people are all over the place. Yeah. Um, or it's just maybe a phone call just to talk through some things, then that's absolutely fine. Um, whatever we have to do to, to make things work for that dog is is what we need, was what we will do. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. And I think that's really important when you're adopting a dog because when we brought Dash home, we took her into the house the first night and my husband and I just kind of turned to look at each other and we're like, oh, we have a dog. <laughs> and then yeah. kind of the, the enormity of it kind of hits you. It's like, I'm responsible for keeping this dog happy and healthy and safe and warm, um, which was a fantastic challenge. But sometimes you do need just somebody on the end of the phone to say, you know, is this right? Is this, am I doing this right? Someone to give you that reassurance. It's like, it's, it's, sometimes, it's kind of like having, you know, a baby. Suddenly you've yeah. just got this toddler wandering about and yeah. <laughs> you're not quite sure if if they're doing that right or if they should be doing that. And yeah. sometimes with you when you've got behavior dogs who have behavioural issues, um, part of the kind of support required is just to let the owners know that, like, it's okay. They're not the only ones. You know, yeah. they're not like 
alone because sometimes you can get quite isolated because especially if your dog is maybe reactive to other dogs and you can't go walking with your friends or yes. anything or you've got maybe a dog that has separation anxiety and you can't leave the house you know you become quite isolated and um some of the support that we can that we provide is just to just almost a wee shoulder to cry on sometimes you know that yeah. you know this it's not just you you're not alone you're you'll get through it don't worry you know that kind of oh, thing definitely definitely and yeah dash is reactive to other dogs she loves greyhounds but she's not too keen on other dogs and that's definitely something we're going to cover in uh upcoming episodes because i know that i'm not the only one um so it's fine you just figure out the best way to make sure that she's getting exercise and all this kind of thing and isn't exposed to loads and loads and loads of other dogs and there's now a year on i'm so glad that we've had that experience and we've worked out how it works best for her um and we're still doing training and all this kind of thing so we'll definitely do another episode on kind of reactiveness and dogs and greyhounds and, and how you can work on it um so you'd mentioned before about um providing kind of vet supports or kind of a commitment to that kind of support that obviously takes money so as a charity that's always a big thing so um how how do you actually pay for everything how do you fundraise how does that all work well as an independent charity we don't get any money from the racing industry directly uh so all our money comes from fundraising efforts of our volunteers and our team and that's obviously um we're very thankful to the supporters that we have because we couldn't do what we do without without all of you guys. Uh, we have people who like sponsor a kennel and things and people who pay a kind of membership as more of a regular payment. And then also people when we go out and do like can collections in Glasgow and Edinburgh and Dundee and Inverness, um, you know, out in the street shaking a can and every kind of, 10p 50p that gets put in there just it all, it all adds up you know yeah um they are the kind of more regular things sometimes we're quite lucky and we get big uh, like slightly bigger grants and things like that from other trusts mm -hmm. um but it's just a kind of regular thing that you have to just keep going but as an organization we're quite good at um kind of spending what we bring in you know because yeah. You don't really want a charity to be hanging on to loads of money. You know, you want them to be using it to, to fulfil their outcomes, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's good. And I think, obviously, nowadays, every charity, you know, is struggling trying to get every penny. So it's good that you've got um, regular supporters who kind of make that subscription donation or sponsor that kennel because it makes such a difference and obviously there is a small fee whenever you actually adopt a greyhound as well that goes towards you know helping other greyhounds and it is a, a very reasonable fee I think it, I think it was maybe 150 or something when we got down yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, which you would that pay that if it doesn't really cover that that goes towards the other greyhounds but it doesn't cover everything so no. the dog will come neutered or spayed and vaccinated mm -hmm. um often especially if it's a girl the spay alone will be at least 150 possibly more oh wow okay so it's 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 a kind of helps towards those yes. costs yes. but it doesn't totally cover them oh wow okay that's really interesting i didn't know that that's 
quite interesting thing to know actually um but at least it's it's helping towards them um, and again it did seem like a reasonable cost if you went to the dogs trust or or another kind of organization you would pay something similar um yeah. so and you're happy because at the end of the day you're you're getting a, a hopefully kind of happy and healthy dog um that's been looked after so so that's always a good thing these dogs need homes. They need people to fundraise for them. They need people to spread the words. What can we be doing to help Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary rehome as many dogs as possible? I guess it's just, you know, like you said, kind of getting involved. Um, fostering is quite a key kind of thing. Um, we can't home the dogs as fast if we don't have met as many fosterers. Um, so they're, they're a kind of real linchpin in, in the whole operation because we don't use kennels and all the dogs go from a foster home if we can't get as many dogs into a foster home then there aren't as many dogs available for rehoming and it just takes that a little bit longer you know um, but anything, whatever, whatever your situation lends itself to whether that be fostering adoption, fundraising just kind of spreading the word a little bit about greyhounds um, and that they are just normal dogs that should be given a normal life like your neighbour's Labrador, you know? No, definitely. I mean, our life has changed so much since we got Dash. For the better, it's just made, she's made such a difference in our household and just become part of the family. So we wouldn't be without her now. Um, Oh, I also wanted to talk about the fact that you guys are quite social. Obviously, you organise walks and things like that, uh, which we've attended a a couple of. um, And likes of your summer fun day and you do dog shows and things like that. So if somebody's maybe thinking about a greyhound would you encourage them to kind of come along to one of those events definitely it's it's always good to be able to like talk to real people in the real world and see what their experience are and meet their dogs and see what it's like when you're you know if you go walk with like 20 greyhounds that are there on our monthly social walks and you can chat to everybody and everyone's got quite a different experience, but everyone's also got quite a similar experience in a way, you know. But getting that kind of first-hand account of people's experiences with SGS and with Greyhounds is invaluable, really, you know. No, if anyone is thinking of um, adopting a greyhound through SGS, I would 100% recommend going along to the walks. The couple of hours that we spent chatting to people um, made such a difference in terms of, as you say, experiences, learning about people. I mean, some people that are on these walks have had greyhounds their whole life. Some people have had, you know, five, six, seven greyhounds. So if you're going along and you're a first-time owner, or more, or more, sometimes at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. If you're you're going along as a first-time owner, these people are just fantastic to talk about because they talk about it with experience, they talk about it with passion, they talk about it with enthusiasm. So, yes, 100% would recommend going along to those. And what I'll do is I'll maybe um, include kind of when the next couple of walks is, I'll have... have a look on the Facebook page. I'll maybe kind of include yeah. that as well. Um, so just to kind of sum up then, sorry, we've been talking for half an hour. No. <laughs> um, just to kind of sum up then, why do you think people should adopt a greyhound? What makes them so special? 
I'm, I'm not sure if that's something that you can really describe, to be honest, because it's not until you really meet a greyhound or a lutcher um, that you kind of understand them. I think a lot of people meet them and think, you know, before they've met them, they think that the dogs are quite aloof and highly energetic and all these things that are just not true at all. And then they meet them and they see that they're actually just really friendly and chilled and just happy to kind of potter about the house, you know, and yep. lie in the sun in the conservatory or something. Um, but it's, they've got a kind of quality. I don't know, there's a quality about them that you, you don't really see maybe in other dogs. And I think it's maybe to do with the fact that they've had quite a hard life until they come to you. Um, and they kind of seem to know in, in the kind of back of their minds that this is now I've been rescued, like this is better, I've been rescued now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's strange, they almost appreciate it more, you know? Yeah. I know definitely. that sounds strange and, and non-doggy people will be like, what are you talking about? But um, people who have greyhounds and lutchers and any any rescue dog really will know what I'm talking about. You know, they they know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it's almost like a kind of um, once you have a greyhound, you're almost and or a lurcher, um, you're kind of in this club <laughs> of yeah. people who like kind of get it. Which I guess this is that's the whole point of this podcast. You know, it's people who kind of get why they are just such amazing dogs and why people are so passionate about them. So yeah, definitely. So. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. We just think the Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary are amazing. The work that you have done over the last 10 years, I mean, a thousand dogs getting their forever home is just such a stunning number. So well done on all your hard work. It's just absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. And please continue to keep it up because every greyhound that you save and every couch that gets taken over by one <laughs> is another family who just realised just the wonderfulness of these dogs. So thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Um, thanks for having us. It's been lovely to be here. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Claire, for taking the time to talk to me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for helping me with the very first episode of Fell in Love with a Hound. As discussed in the interview, you can find out the kinds of dogs that are available for adoption and find out more about being a part of Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary at scottishgreyhoundsanctuary.org. For more information on the walks that they hold on a regular basis across Scotland, you can go onto Facebook and look for Scottish Greyhound Sanctuary. Or for little bits of news, you can go onto Twitter and it's Scott Greyhound. So that's it, first episode done. I hope you enjoyed it and learned a bit more about SGS. Thank you for downloading and listening to the episodes. We have a lot of really interesting interviews and topics lined up, so please subscribe on iTunes to be notified of when the next episode is released. If you want to take part in an upcoming episode, you can email me at fellinlovewiththehound at gmail.com or you can take part by following us on Facebook and Instagram at fellinlovewiththehound. In the meantime, thank you again and remember to give your hound a big hug from me.